0: You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey, good morning, everyone. Chris Lopez here and uh, got a little unique topic here or not a unique topic, but a unique way of discussing the topic. We're going to talk about what does the rental housing license mean to landlords. Now, myself, along with tens of thousands of other people have had asked this question, have been worried about it because we have deadlines and timelines coming up around the corner. So I brought on two experts to actually come through and talk to us about what they know about the program so far. It's still a very fluid environment that's changing some. Um... But we're doing this in a live webinar format so people can ask questions around this topic and we'll also publish this to the podcast afterwards as later. So I want to start getting doing some more live interactive uh, topics or or live interactive topics around interesting topics like this. So to talk about what the Denver Rental Housing License means, my two guests are... First one is Eric Ross with Ecospace Property Management. Good morning, Eric.
1: Good morning, everyone. How are you? Thanks for having us, Chris.
0: Glad to have you on here. So Eric's been around Denver for many years, turning properties, doing property management, um, and knows a lot about everything around Denver. And when I asked him about this topic, he's like, hey, I can help you out some. But one of my colleagues is also probably doing a lot more right now, knows a little bit more and can bring a different experience, and that is... Brittany Vernon, who is—I'll go into this—is not a property manager, so don't reach out to her to ask her to manage your property. Uh, she's an investor and also a realtor here at Your Castle Real Estate. So, good morning, Brittany. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me on as well. So, I'm really glad to have you guys on here, and we got a lot of people live on the webinar. So, type in questions to go through this. It'll be live Q and A. All right, so let's start off with the basics. What is the Denver rental application, Eric?
1: So uh, beginning January 1st, 2023, uh, all multifamily properties uh, in the city and county of Denver are going to require a license to operate. So if you have a duplex or better, uh, by Jan 1, you must meet compliance to have that license.
0: What happens if you don't? We don't know. (laughs) We'll see in (laughs) a few months, huh? We don't know. (laughs) And the other ones go into effect... The year
1: after for single families, right? Correct. January 1, 2024.
0: Okay. So Brittany, you have been ahead of the curve, it sounds like, when I've talked to you, a lot of other investors. I think you already have all your properties through the process? I do. I have all of mine done. So, and you have, I mean, you have a good portfolio.
2: I have 15 in Denver, but it was seven inspections because like a fourplex, you'll need one inspection.
0: Okay. So you've been through seven inspections, which is more than most people. Mm -hmm. You've helped a lot of your investor clients as well, kind of navigate that. And you are telling me on here um, the history of this. Why did this come about?
2: The very little bit that I know, and I hope I'm right, is um, that there was a house in East Denver that had mold and open electrical, and it took them a long time to get help. And they went to their city councilman, and the city council person said, oh, that took too long. So instead of giving more money to environmental services or billing code enforcement, they thought, let's come up with a third ineffectual department to treat this problem. <laughs> And everybody was against it from the articles I've read that landlords and tenant groups were against it, and it passed.
0: And now we have where we are today. Correct. So we got investors two things, wondering if the sky is falling, and also, what do we do here? So let's start with more of the dramatic headline, is the sky falling with this? How bad is it going to be and how annoying will it be for landlords?
1: I I don't think it's going to be a bad thing, necessarily. Annoying. Brittany will be able to speak to that, but it's probably going to be pretty annoying, Chris. Okay. Um, the The process, like any other uh, bureaucratic process, has you know, been created with uh, this is what you need to do, but we're not sure how you're going to do it quite yet. Uh, the guidebook uh, that I think you'll be able to post as a link uh, has been revised, I believe, three times now. So it is truly a moving target. Uh, so I don't think the sky is falling, but it's, Probably going to be pretty annoying. Okay. Brittany, let's
0: start. Just where do people start in this process and walk us through what you've done if you could.
2: So um, my advice is to start yesterday. And if you can't start yesterday, start today. Um, The inspection itself is you can read the 23-page booklet. The first six or seven pages are about how great the program is. You can skip that and get to the rules. I made a, a bullet point list of everything that my units needed, and I went in and did it. And what I've done myself and told my clients is even if you have a single family, do it now. The list keeps getting longer and longer. You will not regret having done it early because right now you can pass. Unless your unit is terrible, like really, really terrible, you can pass. You'll have to buy some stuff. you have to spend some money. You'll say a bunch of swear words, but it is passable now. And I'm a little bit nervous of if it will be in four years when I have to renew my licenses. So there's a list of things. Um, the most important ones are you need to get one of those outlet testers and put it in every single plug. You can't have any reverse polarity. Right now in older homes, you can have an open ground. I hope that stays the same. Um, so you can't have any reverse polarity in your plugs. You have to have GFIs in the bathroom. But as of this moment, you don't have to have them in the kitchen, which is stupid. So I would expect that to change. Um you need to have smokes and COs with the 10-year battery, and you have to have fire extinguishers, which are hard to get in stock. So I've ordered mine from Costco, and they show up at my house. So a little bit of advanced planning, a little bit of testing, and you'll be okay. You will not be happy, but you will you can pass.
0: Okay. Can you walk us through like the first property you did? Just walk us through the whole process. or I guess not just the first property, but all the properties you've done, step-by-step through the process and just how the experience has been, like what's been step one, step two, step three, and how you've navigated to the end?
2: So step one is pre-inspect your proper, well, first read the thing, say some bad words, step one. Step two, pre-inspect your properties, test everything. And um, now if you fail for like one reverse polarity outlet, you have to pull an electrical permit to fix that. So pre-inspect, it's very important. And then the inspector comes out, uh, when I did mine, there were only three inspectors licensed in Denver, this number three in right. all of Denver. Um, now I've heard there were more, but I mean, they're backlogged. It's it's crazy. So I use Kevin. I can give you his number. He's awesome. Um, he came out and inspected my properties. They all passed. Uh, one had the wrong size fire extinguisher. So you can also have in your car, a couple extra fire extinguishers, a couple extra smoke and COs. I had a plug in one in case I needed to shove it in. Um, I got my inspection Thing that I passed, and then I had to go do the application, which is awful, but that's kind of a different if that's kind of phase two of what we're talking about. I think if we want to talk about inspections or
0: yeah, actually, applications uh, next. Um, let's talk about inspections.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the inspection is just the list. I mean, I came up with my oops, where is it? My list of all the things the electrical, the smokes, and COs, uh, basement units Denver hates especially. Um, There's extra rules for fire doors. Um, Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So egress is their number one. So any basement dwelling unit that is separate uh, requires a second form of egress. So egress window. That's a great rule. It's a great rule. And for our management company, we require it for us to manage. But there are a lot of units out there that are still um, not egressed uh, in basement units. Uh, Brittany mentioned the one hour fire door. So if the furnace is in the basement for that lower unit, one, the door cannot open into a bedroom or sleeping space, and two, it is required to have a one-hour fire-rated door. Um, Nothing else fire-rated, but the one-hour fire-rated door.
2: So your drywall will burn down, but your door will still be there.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, The other is um, the... um, Lost that thought. I Draw don't a guess. blank. We'll come back to in a minute. Absolutely.
0: You're talking about egress windows, fire doors.
2: Basements. I don't know who lost it. All
0: right. Sorry He'll, about that. I'll come back a minute. <laughs> so actually, we got some questions filled in here. I just kind of want to oh jam with these. So I'm going to rapid fire these. Shannon says, hi there. Does this include rental properties when the owner lives on site, aka a house hack?
1: So according to the article uh, that I read, they defined uh, rental as any property where you receive money to offset your mortgage. So I believe that would include a house hack. That's uh, So it says any
0: money to offset your mortgage.
1: That is what I read. Yes. You can say this is money
0: to offset something else. Yeah, I'm You're sure. not the guy to ask for that.
2: Right? <laughs> Talk to your lawyer. <laughs>
0: Um, Dan says, "Can we get the link to the booklet?" Yes, we can. Is that just? I know you forwarded my email, yeah. Eric. I did. Should I just uh, uh, so I that, that one on the top the right one. here? Oh, yes, sir. Oh no, that one. Perfect. All right, I'll put that here in the chat, and we'll put some notes in here as well. Can I publicly share all these notes right here? Um, No. Okay. Can I publicly share the links? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good, thing. <laughs> Good thing we asked live, huh? Um, and we can, I will not share anything until we talk about that. All right, so Dan, I put the link in the chat box on there. Uh, Christy said would love the inspector contact info. I don't know if we can give it publicly. We
2: can, I asked him this morning.
0: Okay, to where like his, a couple thousand people his, might hear it. His
2: name is Kevin and I love him so much. I asked him this morning. 3034 or sorry, nine four six nine nine zero zero. 303-946-9900. He I met him through this process. He's an inspector. He's very nice and he's chill within the bounds of the rules. And I All did right. call him this morning and ask him if I could share his So
1: info. both both he and his partner uh, are landlords. They own property in the city and county of Denver. So they are familiar with the process not only with the city but with their own properties and their goal is to get you to pass. Oh, great. So they're they're very investor friendly. And, and they want to see the program work within the bounds of, of the program. Oh, they sound like great people work with They're them. great. Absolutely. Oh, okay.
0: And so they're not city uh, employees? No. They're just in, so they're basically independent contractors? But it's a
1: third-party inspection or... okay. uh, company. And Denver made the requirements quite lofty uh, in order to uh, be an inspector. So that's why when Brittany got started, literally there were three licensed inspectors that were able to do this program.
2: And so like my home inspector that I've used for a decade and a half, he has not jumped through all the hoops. So I had to find somebody new.
1: Okay. <laughs> know,
0: it's, okay. It's pretty extensive. It's okay. Silly. Great. Well then, yeah, definitely call Kevin. Yeah. Sounds call like Kevin. he's got it. And, and we'll, we'll put those notes in here as well. Um,
2: and other thing, sorry, if you want me to go through my list. Other actually, things- let me just type in oh, Kevin. What number one more time, Brittany? I you. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: 303.
2: 946
0: 9900. Cool. All right. That's in the chat box there as well. And for people listening to the recording, we will uh, put this in the notes. Ty says, Why is the application process awful?
2: Oh, Ty. (laughs) (laughs) Sweetie, honey, baby. You have no idea. The video tutorial for how to do the application is 41 minutes. Yes, 41 minutes. And as far as I've been told, it's not helpful. It is the most bizarre experience of your life. I had a client who'd done it before, and I said, can you come over and hold my hand and walk me through this? And I told Eric the same when he does his, come over to my house, I'll walk you through it. It is bizarre. You have to fill in all your... I think you put your contact information seven or nine times, like... You have to answer these questions this way, this question the other way. You have to say you're an owner multiple times. Then you have to print a form that says it. Then you have to say that you're an on-site manager, even though it's a house and you're not the on-site manager, but you have to say you are. I had a house, all my houses were supposed to be in a trust, but Denver's backlogged, so only one of them had moved to the trust. And so I put that the house was owned by a trust because it is. I got a call three weeks later, we're calling everyone who has a house owned by a trust. You can't say that it's owned by a trust, even if it is. You have to go back and say that it's owned by you as a person because we don't have a box for that. And so I did it. My house was a trust that it wasn't a trust. And they were like, oh, and now you can get a refund. And I thought, oh my gosh, what if you give me the refund for something wrong? Like you can keep my $75. Like I'm not doing that. So, if you have a house that's owned by a trust, you have to say that it's not owned by a trust. As of last week, maybe they added a box.
0: It's bizarre. So what's the issue here? Everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Um, I, and I'm good at paperwork. I do my own taxes. I love spreadsheets. I'm really a paperwork person. It's like, so, and it's awful. Yeah, it sounds like a nightmare.
0: All right. So when that ask are section eight inspections acceptable or can they replace, I guess, you know, are they equivalent to a
1: Denver rental inspection? I don't believe so. Um, So if this is a, whether it's section eight or not, it's going to require one of these uh, designated inspectors with the city and county of Denver to come out, sign off on the form. You have to have a copy of their credentials to submit with your application. Uh, So, no, I don't believe a Section 8 inspection is going to suffice.
0: So, I guess if you have a section, you know, a property in Denver that you're renting to Section 8, you'll have the Section 8 inspection in parallel with the Denver rental inspection. Correct.
2: Okay. You just want to disturb your tenants as much as possible.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that's not uh, great news. Um, Jeffrey says, hey, can you talk about non-conforming single-family homes that have a separate kitchen in the basement? Should you file for a multi-unit inspection or just a single-unit inspection? Wow, there's a detailed
2: question. Jeffrey, I have an answer for you. You should call today and get your inspection because right now they aren't specifying the legality of second units. I assume in four years, anyone with the extra units will be hosed. But right now, as of last I read the rules, you can get them inspected and approved. So... Get yours inspected. And um, there is one part where you can, in the application, say what it is. So like I said, upstairs is this address. Downstairs is this address. But yeah, I I would get that inspected this year because it'll pass right now. And maybe you could wait next year technically because maybe you call it a single family. But if you can pass right now and be good for four years, I would do it today.
0: Okay. Agreed.
2: Because you might fail. You might say, oh, I'm going to wait until January because I don't technically have to. But then in January, you don't have, you're you're shut down instead of having four more years.
0: Just because the rules may just have changed
1: by...
2: The rules will have changed. I don't know how because they change about every month. Um,
1: So again, there's been three revisions since June mm -hmm. on the guidebook and what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable thus far.
0: And it's not like they have, oh, in January 1, this set comes in, just like, oh, here's the updated version mm-hmm. 1.2. Hey, everyone, check it out. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. So this rollout is horrendous, huh? Yeah. Okay.
2: I guided most of my inspections in June, but there was varying information about the fire doors. And so when I went back to do July or August for my last one, I had to reread the thing and find all the revisions.
0: So I, I want to pivot here for a second. I mean, end of the day, is this going to like give better and safer quality housing to tenants, do you think? Because, I mean, I think, you know, all of us here, we all care about, like, you know, really good quality uh, rental you know units for people to live in. I think, you know, a lot of investors I work with, I know you guys work with, you all like, you know, one Friday, really good service out there. There is that slice of the pie that are basically slum lords um, and they will rent whenever they can. Net, net, is this going to be a win for tenants, do you guys think?
1: Or do you want to plead the fifth on that? I think there will be an improvement overall. I don't know if the program's uh intended results will will be seen, but I, I don't think I, I don't think the quality of units are going to go down and I don't think this is going to hurt the overall stock. Um there are gonna be some investors who don't wanna play. Uh they may sell, uh, but I don't think it will have a reverse uh outcome that they intended. I just don't know if they're intended results will be seen.
0: Okay.
2: I disagree with my beloved friend Eric. Um I think the people who have nice units, my units are lovely. Eric manages probably some nice units in Denver. I think the people who own nice units, who maintain them, will get their licenses. I think my neighbor at um one of my neighbors at one of my properties who puts signs in the yards and does word of mouth and puts flyers at the marketplace his units will stay disgusting and terrible, and won't get updated. And I do think a lot of landlords will sell. This is a very annoying process, and it's expensive. Like a lot of landlords don't cash flow very much. I'm at twenty one hundred dollars in application fees, not including fire extinguishers and smoke detectors, and you know all of that. So I think, I think this will make a lot of landlords say, "I've got a hundred thousand dollars in equity, and I'm done." Mm-hmm. I maybe I'm wrong.
1: I think opportunity is there for someone.
2: Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. All right. Back to some questions here. Um, Wow. Here's an interesting, this is, I think, back <laughs> to your definition of like what it takes to uh, what qualifies if you have, where well, you said income, but also it's mortgage expense. Correct. So someone says, I don't have a mortgage. What if I'm a cash buyer?
2: <laughs> Get your inspection, <laughs> Ty. Yeah. Ty's tie, out of your
1: pepper us. Um, i i don't know the answer to that again uh it, it sounds like based on again what what we've read uh if you're receiving income on the property it's probably going to qualify um i i do have a subset of clients that have said we'll see what happens um and as as a property manager okay fine you're the client i will not do this so we will see what happens um our thought is that they're going to treat this similarly to the short-term rental uh, restrictions that they put into place. And because they're rolling it out, they're probably going to look at going after folks. We just don't know to what degree. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm advising my clients that, hey, let's get this done. Um, And that's, that's the way we're operating.
0: Okay. Kevin asked, does this apply to short-term rentals, assuming the STR revenue goes towards paying the
2: mortgage? No, STRs have their own inspection and licensing. In Correct.
1: Say, wait, say that again? So short-term has their yeah. own licensing. So this is for uh, 30 days or more. Okay, so this will this not apply to short-term rentals.
2: Okay. They already have a fun process.
1: Lynette
0: says, do you know is reinspection of the Denver rental application necessary upon tenant
1: turnover or is a license just good for four years regardless? Four years. Great. Unless the property sells. Yes. It is not transferable. So if you sell your property, the new owner is going to require or they're going to require the new owner to get a license.
2: But not a new tenant's.
0: Uh yeah, Kevin says is uh, or Ty asked, is Kevin the inspector employed by the state of Colorado? You said yep. no, they're all independent. Mm-hmm. Correct. And they go through whatever third party they have to. Correct. Yeah. Uh wow, twenty one hundred dollars in application fees.
2: Yeah, um, twenty one eighty actually. So um, it's one hundred and ninety dollars per door for Kevin, and then your application. They give you a twenty five dollar discount if you do it this year. So then it's twenty five for the license and fifty for the. Something else if it's a single family and twenty five for the license and seventy five for the whatever it is for a multifamily,
1: and it's based on unit count.
2: Yes, it's based on unit count.
0: So a couple hundred dollars easy mm-hmm. uh, between inspection and fees.
2: Yeah, for my seven, Absolutely. it was twenty
0: one eighty. And in terms of just like, you said there are a lot like just small miscellaneous costs. Did you have like, do you have like a ballpark now? Like, hey, okay, it's this, but just I go and budget for like $500 between this few, fire extinguisher and this? Probably a couple
2: hundred bucks. Like, if if all your fire extinguishers aren't or if all your smokes aren't 10 years, there, there'll be a couple hundred bucks there. Uh, you know, a combo smoke CO that's 10 years is 50 bucks. And the fire extinguishers need to be brand new or recently lice, or inspected. And I assume that it's just as much to get them inspected as to buy new ones. So you get to put, you know, you're perfectly good. All the rentals I have have fire extinguishers. But I got to throw all those away and get brand new ones. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Because they weren't six months old. And they had to be six months old or recently inspected. So fill the landfills with fire extinguishers.
0: (laughs) Irina asks, is this applicable to landlords who are house hackers and live in Aurora?
1: City and county of Denver. Yep. So, um, Chris, I think you have a couple of properties in Adams County with Denver addresses. Yep. So, and yep. we have uh, not have to do yours.
2: We confirmed so. that. I confirmed that.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. So it is city and county of Denver. So um, Irving for uh, yep is a uh, is a pass.
0: Yeah. So, Great.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So what uh, Eric is talking about there, there's a part of North Denver um, where it has like the Denver address, but it's actually unincorporated
1: Adams County. Same with Arapahoe. Yeah. There, there are parts as well that are unincorporated. So city and county of Denver. So do you guys, um, you know, have any
0: ideas? Is this going to ripple out to other metros, other cities around town? I mean, that's going to be
1: so. questions. West, on- Westminster's had a rental licensing program in place for a number of years yep. now. Uh, Littleton has a multifamily inspection process. Aurora has a uh, systematic multifamily um, inspection process through Neighborhood Services and Code Enforcement. So, um, I think Denver resisted it for a while. Uh, I think there's already those programs in place that that are already there. So, I think it's going to continue.
0: Okay. Another question here, Sherman says, can you clarify if this program applies to single family rentals or is only two units and up?
2: So you can get the statute off the website Um, after January 1st. It'll be unlawful for two or more. And then January 2024 will be single families. So if you have them, it's on the right hand side on the (laughs) multi- On the multis, if you have a duplex or more, you have to do it by January 1st. And if you have a single family, you can do it by next year.
0: So the short answer is yes. For everyone. You need it. And the advice at the table is do it sooner rather than later. Yes. Before
2: the list gets longer. Yeah. Again.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Now, you had made a comment before we went live on here, Brittany, Uh because you work with a lot of investors. And you're saying like one or two main comments are like, wow, I'm just going to probably sell the place. You're going to have it because they won't deal with the the hassle of it, right?
2: I've heard more than one person say they're going to sell. Um, Kevin, the inspector, said he's had people say, if I have to do this to my basement instead of having you know the upstairs being $2,000, the basement being $1,500, i am just going to rent the whole thing for 3500 And it's interesting. I have a Zillow update where I watch the rentals every day. I saw a fully legal duplex, but it had you know the older style windows, so you could still get out. Like, easily get out, but they're renting the whole building instead of renting it in units. And I thought, oh, I bet that's because they don't want to deal with egressing those windows for the inspection rule. So it's kind of, Mm. and that's not someone I know. So I know people that are going to sell. Eric knows people that won't do it. We'll see if they end up selling or doing it. But yeah, it'll be interesting. So we've got
1: a number of clients that have already put their orders in for egress windows. Uh, Denver is a bit behind Uh, on their inspection process for getting egress. So that's one of the challenges we have on one particular property is, um, we've got our permits in, we're waiting. So will we meet the requirement by January 1st? We're not sure, but we are literally waiting on uh, the, uh, the engineering side of the drawing to be approved so we can go and dig windows.
2: I have a client that's waiting for a door. She has a special weird size fire door and it's special ordered. She hopes it comes.
0: Oh, I guess with all the supply chain stuff, mm-hmm. that's probably just a nightmare now, too, getting, right? So do you have an idea? I mean, is there going to be some, like, grace period, anything, or just, I mean, because this is, I mean, a massive rollout. Um, and it's Litter- never easy. Literally no clue. Why okay. would we
2: know? <laughs> Why would there be guidance? Because you
0: watched the 41-minute video. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's only for the application.
0: <laughs> um, hey, well, here's something new for you guys to do. Jeff says, will Eric and Brittany run for city council to undo this? (laughs) Uh, You may have a campaign manager here. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll have to up that uh, sweet in the pot there, Jeff. Um, So David makes a comment. The guidebook says fire extinguishers should have an up-to-date inspection tag. So do you have to get new extinguishers expected?
2: So... David, you can get a new one or you can get it inspected. I thought it would probably be just as expensive and more work to get them inspected. So I had my brand new ones in the box with the receipt if I needed to prove that. But there's also size guidelines that you need to be mindful of for the fire extinguishers.
0: Like based on the size of the unit or the the room, like the bigger the house, the bigger the fire extinguisher?
2: No, that would make sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> of course not.
1: <laughs> so if uh, if it's a multi-family and there is a fire extinguisher within seventy-five foot of each door in the multi-family, it is a Type Two fire extinguisher. Um, if not, then each unit is going to require a Type One.
2: No. No. Nope, type the other Two. Way. I'm sorry. So a single-family house, even if it's the White House can have one fire extinguisher that's the 1A rating. If you have an apartment building in a hallway, you can have one type two. But if you can't put it within 75 feet of a door, I've got an old Victorian that's, you know, door here, door here, door here, then each unit has to have the 2A colon 10 BC size unit or size fire extinguisher. So my, my apartment that's about the size of the studio, I've got the big horse size fire extinguisher because... I I had the little one and he said, oh no, you won't pass with that. And I was like, hold on, I've got extras in my car because I was unclear on the rules. So yeah, like, sorry, tenant. It's huge.
0: Wow. Okay. So Katie says, any idea how this will be enforced come January 23?
1: Mm -hmm. Eric's shaking his head. No, uh, we we just don't know. Uh, If the way the short-term rental licensing program rolled out is our guide, which we don't know if it is, but if it is, they did start going after. Uh, there is not yet a requirement to put your rental license on your advertising. Is that correct, Brittany?
2: Not that I know of, but that I assume there of. will be very soon.
1: At some point, our guess is they're going to require your license and they're going to go data scrape as they did for the short terms, see if you're in compliance. And then is it you know fines? Is it a, a, a notice? We're just not sure.
0: Okay. Shannon asks, what is the city's intention behind this? Is it just to improve conditions and safety of units? Apologies if I missed this already being answered.
2: The city's stated intention is what you said. I have had other people call it a cash grab. Okay. that. But-
1: It it is supposed to improve the uh, overall unit uh, quality uh, across the city. Um, Again, that will probably happen to some degree.
0: Yeah. I mean, hopefully it does. Like, I mean, the intent is like, if it brings up the, you know, especially safety issues. Like, I mean, I we've all seen properties like, holy crap, tenants live in this.
1: But
2: those people aren't going to do this. Because
1: cleanliness is not on the checklist. Not not cleanliness.
0: I'm just talking about pure safety. So like. But eventually those landlords will have to comply at some point when if Denver. They get enforces. In, like you would think Denver they're going to they're going to data scrape, they're going I mean it's not that hard to start mismatch you know matching if it's a rental or Theoretically, not. absolutely. Yeah. Yes.
2: It, it's uh they are going to check the advertising and then they're also going to be complaint based. But no, cleanliness is on the list. You uh-huh. have to have keep trash tidy and re- regularly removed and odors minimized.
0: And that's the landlord's responsibility or the or just We brought
2: a trash bag to our inspections and, um,
0: and an air freshener.
2: No, I didn't bring my air freshener. It does, (laughs) it does have to be free of pest infestation. So you can fail for mouse poop. So they put the specific Mm. thing is if there's mouse poop, old mouse poop in a house or like a crawl space, you can pass. If you have a pest plan, what's a pest plan? So for us, we brought a little dustbuster because I thought, oh my gosh, if I see some dead dead bugs or mouse poop, I better be able to vacuum them up. And um, there's stuff about pests and wasps, so we sprayed for wasps. We brought a dustbuster in wow. case there was any poop, like
0: like wa- like external too. They were worried about wasp dust. of
2: course.
1: Okay, <laughs> that's the number one pest complaint we get
2: fantastic in Denver. Really, absolutely. Wasp. That is the. Oh, number-
1: that's okay, I've never yeah. thought about yeah, That then. is the number one pest complaint that we get.
2: We leave wasp spray under the kitchen sink. Spray them.
0: Yeah, is that part of the welcome? Kit? here's a can of Raid.
2: <laughs> Not steel. currently, but it may. Be. I do <laughs> stainless steel cleaner wasp spray. Yeah,
0: and safety goggles so they don't get uh, oh, themselves. Um. Yeah. Well, Chris. Uh. Another Chris made a comment here. I believe they're trying to weed out slum lords. Agreed. Which, yeah. And
1: if that's the, uh, if that's the outcome, great.
0: So let me ask you this. I always, I know over the years, not related to real estate, but I've always had this like, I don't know, it seems like 2% of any population, any profession, any segment of life is always like, hey, that 2%, you know, the world could do without that 2%. They're the slum lords. They're the- Is it that people. low? I don't know. I don't you, think it's that low. Well, <laughs> it seems again. Like get high but I'm saying like- He's a better person than yeah. us. <laughs> I mean, Eric, you've seen, I don't know, how many hundreds or probably thousands of units throughout your career. Do you have any idea, like, rough guess, what percent would you call, like, you know, truly some more that you've seen? And I won't hold you, I'm just really curious, have you seen way more than I have?
1: I, I wouldn't want to comment on that number. Okay. I, I've seen some pretty rough units, and as you have in, in your investment business, and Looking at units out there, and as has Brittany, uh, working with her clients, so there's some rough ones out there. Um, those are value add opportunities, right? <laughs> so there, we buy there, those. There, there's an, always an opportunity, and um, but yeah, there's there's definitely some out there. So David said, just got an
0: interesting email from like 34 minutes ago from the city regarding this rental license. Uh, As you work to comply with Denver law and get your residential rental property license, it is also important to understand how your property can become more energy efficient and comply with rules for energy usage in Denver. Information about energy reporting requirements and other climate action and sustainability programs, including Energize Denver, are available online, blah, 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 blah.
2: David, who'd you get that from? I haven't gotten that. I'm actually asking. And
1: so commercial buildings are, are going to be required to be benchmarked beginning January 1st. Uh, so
0: on the green initiatives?
1: Correct. Okay. So, And then not the new
0: construction stuff. You're talking about existing. So existing.
1: So like this okay. office building uh, is required to be benchmarked based on energy usage. What they're doing with it, I'm not 100% sure, but there is a requirement that rolls out, I believe, January 1.
0: Okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Dave, I think... Uh, if you can answer Bernie, she said you want to go.
2: Excise and license. Okay. I did not get that yet. I'm curious if I did while I'm sitting here. Um, uh, yeah. You can tell in the application the direction they want to go. It asks, you know, are you gas or electric for your heat? Are you gas or electric for your stove? Are you gas or electric for your water heater? Um, questions that I didn't, that I thought were very odd that you couldn't opt out of. They wanted to know my race, my gender, my, you know, just all my information, which I, you know, I, Can't ask that of tenants and why wouldn't want to, but I thought it was a little odd. Um, So I'm guessing it's going to start, you know, regulating more green stuff as the years go by. Maybe that's in four years. Maybe that's in eight. Maybe it's in 12. At least we get four years.
1: Certainly.
0: So Ben, excuse me, Ben says, if investors decide to sell and or combine units and taking like, you know, an up down single family home to one unit. How do you think it'll affect the rental market long-term inventory pricing, et cetera? That is a loaded question there.
2: Well, I mean I'll let you answer that first.
0: Well, I can, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna cause uh, I mean, again, there's always, you know, you know, good stuff and it drives some of these boards out and does raise safety standards, amazing. But at the same time, if a lot of landlords, hey, I don't wanna deal with this, or I got this property where Hey, it might be an up-down single-family home, which does provide more housing and we, all we that. Have a, we have a surplus of of houses in the Denver market. Right yeah, exactly. so many. <laughs> I mean, it's just gonna. I mean, in some ways it can exacerbate exacerbate the rental problem um, or the lack of r- available rentals.
1: So, I, I think that's an absolute unintended or or a consequence that absolutely could occur through this.
2: Um, For me, I um, I feel like this is really annoying and. First off, as a human being and as someone who owns properties in Denver, I think this is bad. As a landlord for my checking account, I think this will be very net beneficial to me. I think this will raise rents.
0: Because costs will be passed on. Costs will
2: be passed on. More people will sell. It's going to be more annoying. I just, I think I will be well compensated for this and I'm okay being annoyed if I'm going to be compensated. But I think it's terrible. But I mean, it's, I can't say that it's not going to be great for me, but I think it's an awful, it's sad that it is.
0: (laughs) So are you guys actually like, or I know, or property managers, are you, as you do with, are you actually like directly passed on, Hey, things are up because this happened. Is it that direct as you communicate to your tenants or do you just
1: list the fees on there? No. So the, the owners are bearing the cost now. We're eating Um, it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, as taxes go up, insurance go up, rents go up. Yep. So additional costs that that go to that operating side of the business eventually get passed on to the end user.
0: David makes a comment saying the city council, the Denver city council presentation deck from last year discussed energy efficiency. He's guessing um, they'll uh, have those energy requirements uh rolled into there.
2: I, I would agree with that. And what I'm telling my clients, you know, I've got 15 doors. My clients have another several dozen is, you know, if your furnace goes out in the next however many years, ask your HVAC guy how much it is in addition to get the 90% efficiency furnace. Because your furnace is going to last 15 years, and I don't want to replace 15 furnaces when that becomes a thing. So, you know, if you're replacing a light fixture, replace it with an LED. If you're replacing a window, replace it with whatever, because I think... um I think we're going that direction, and maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, if extra thousand bucks for a furnace, it's better. But if, like, I have to make my 1885 triplex, that's beautiful, beautiful building. If I have to make that green, I mean, your garden shed's better insulated than my <laughs> 1885 triplex. Like, I'll have to sell it. I will not be able to do it. And so they're beautiful units.
0: So you're saying as you got projects for your house, if you live in Denver, go look at the Obviously, the code for the rental application, but probably the code for the energy guidelines as well. Yeah, and consider the the benefit of hey, I'm gonna go and just make sure I comply with that in case in the future I have to just to replace.
2: And yeah, if you have the electrician out to put a GFI in your bathroom, I mean, it's just as easy to drop a toaster in a sink as a blow dryer. Right now, there's no GFI requirement for the kitchen. We can pretty much assume that's going to change, and it should have. So also have them do that. So what we're doing in our units is every time we're in there, we're like, what else? Like what else can happen? And we've we have beautiful units. We service every appliance between mm-hmm. tenants. We patch every nail hole. So I mean, I'm not a slumlord, but I'm still looking around, like, what else can they regulate in here? Cause I've got four years now to get ready for the next one.
0: So Katie says, someone mentioned to me that if you replace a furnace in Denver County, you must now replace with an electric furnace rather than a gas. One, is this true? Number two, is age of furnace or AC units an item on the inspection for license?
1: I'm not aware of that requirement as of now. And age of furnace and, or AC is not an item on the checklist currently. I think it's probably for new construction that they
0: they talked about only having electric. Or was it for, okay. I'm not going to speak on that because I... Yeah, I don't I, do that I, I that don't I don't, I don't have any knowledge yeah. on that either.
2: They did look at the furnace for the knob, the the gas shut off knob. Like the valve mm-hmm. to turn off the That's gas what line. It's called valve. Okay. Yeah, so that needed to be a quick turn valve, so we had to switch out one of ours that was an older model. It yeah. still was a quarter turn, but it wasn't the whatever. So they do look at your furnace to make sure the gas thing, but as far as I know, no one asked about ages of my furnaces.
0: Okay. So Brittany Anthony came prepared with uh, notes and stories. Um, so you just guys know, like Brittany walked in, and this is uh what I always love. She walked in with a stack of paper, things <laughs> highlighted um, and has been <laughs> referencing it. So I'm alive. lot. questions uh, are the wall here right now? We got a few minutes left I'm curious. I know we chatted before. any other topics tips, uh stories to share.
2: Oh, one weird thing is, um, so I mentioned that I had this problem with my trust. So I sent a question in the day I did it because I thought I'm going to fail. Like I put it to trust and that it's not because there's no box, right? So I sent in a question. Two and three and a half weeks later, I got a phone call. We're calling everyone who did trust. You can't do that, blah, blah, blah. So that's fine. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got this person on the phone. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm not letting her off the phone. Said, while you're on the phone, my triplex and fourplex I have gotten no updates. So she goes and she said, oh, no, those were supposed to be approved a couple months ago. I said, no, my single families and duplexes were. My triplex and fourplex haven't. She tells me triplex and fourplexes go to a special second review, and mine were stuck. And so because I got a phone call after three and a half weeks about my trust issue and trapped the nice woman on the phone, she went to her supervisor to get my triplex and fourplex approved. So I don't know, maybe they'd still be pending if I hadn't gotten that phone call. So even though they want multifamily approved, they have to require a second step for some reason. So
0: So anything above a triplex basically goes through a secondary review process?
2: That is currently my opinion Hmm. because my duplexes and single families got approved within 24 to 48 hours. My client who did the last two, his took a week. So they are taking longer. But my triplexes and fourplexes were stuck or triplex and fourplex were stuck.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: So, just put in your stuff. Plan to fail. I guess that's the other thing I haven't mentioned. Plan. Oh, if you're, um, plan to fail because you can fail for missing your middle name. On every time it asks for your name, which is probably seven at least times you have to type your name, put your full freaking name from your driver's license. You have to upload your driver's license. So if your middle names, whatever, you have to put it so in put it every Christopher, single
0: Chris, huh? Christopher
2: William Jameson Lopez, like okay. the whole thing. <laughs> so put your whole name or your fail. Um, I had one client fail because of the way the inspections were docu signed. None of the rest of us did. Um,
1: didn't you have one that, uh, one name was on title before the other?
2: Oh yeah, that's right. I had one client who she met the inspector. So he put it in her name and her husband was listed first on title and she was the second and she had to go back to the inspector and get his name put on the thing because he came up listed first. None of the rest of us had that problem. So you're, if you fail, don't take it personally because You'll pass on your other property that's the exact same. So, who's ever reviewing these? It's so inconsistent. So, about half of mine passed. I think five of mine passed and no, three of them failed. And, you know, it's just, you just, you never know what you're going to fail for. And it's not because there's something wrong with your house, it's because you didn't put your middle name on the paperwork, like on one of the 17 spots for your name.
0: So, just you're very much setting low expectations for pass rate, just.
2: If you plan to start fail, it. you mm. won't take it as personally. Yeah. And that's why I said start yesterday, because you have to pre-inspect, get your inspection, get your paperwork back from the inspector, submit it, wait one to four weeks to find out you failed. Find out you failed because of some thing that the inspector did that's actually totally fine. Get it edited, get it uploaded again, and then find out if you failed for now some other reason. I had one client that failed five times on one property for all sorts of different reasons. Whoever was reviewing it, like that's the most I've heard of anyone failing, and she's a very detail-oriented person.
0: Kelly says, "If you fail, do they tell you why and how can you fix it? Yes, or do you get like a, the the oh you failed? I brought, good luck figuring it out.
2: I brought this to sh- to show Eric. So it's a this is one of my failures. It said." You were deficient. They don't call it a failure email. Deficient.
1: Deficiencies.
2: Your property address does not match because we did north instead of an in. So that was one of my failures. <laughs> and then another failure. Oh, this is the one about the, um, the, the sole proprietor instead of the trust. So, yeah, they do send you an email with kind of a vague reason for your failure, which they call a deficiency.
1: So one, one thing to note, uh, when you get your physical inspection from Kevin or one of the other inspectors, you have 90 days. So that inspection is that inspection's good for 90 days. So you must apply then with your inspection in hand, and it does need to pass within that 90 days. It is good for that, that length of time.
2: And your deficiency emails, which is the next day's application, you have two weeks to get your paperwork submitted back in.
0: And if you don't, you have to start the process all over again? We don't know. I have one client
2: (laughs) who waited too long and hers said closed, but then she re-uploaded it. And now she's waiting to see if she has to reapply or if they'll find it. Because you can't call somebody. Don't be ridiculous. You can't call someone to ask a question. So she uploaded it and crossed her fingers.
0: Lynette asks, What if the properties are named the LLC? I think referencing back to the the trust name issues.
2: LLCs are allowed. There is a box for that. (laughs) So you can check that box.
0: So like literally because they don't have a box on there, rather than adding the box to the system. To say it's a trust. They're going back to saying
2: you have to screw up the data Mm -hmm. and
0: redo it and put in bad data.
2: As of when I did my license, they could have changed that the day after. It's very, very evolving. Okay. Everyone excited?
0: <laughs> well, I can tell by the uh, the number of people we've had on here and the questions, like a lot of people are, uh, I mean, getting their questions answered and hopefully get a better idea in here. Lynette is saying, thanks, <laughs> breathing is a little easier till the process begins. Um, yeah, so we're going to start wrapping up here, guys. We are getting to the 45-minute, the hour-long mark. And so if you got any last minute questions, thoughts, please put them in the chat box here. And to kind of, as we uh, wrap things up, uh, Eric Ross uh, is with Ecospace Property Management. Give everyone a little bit of rundown on what Ecospace is and what type of clients
1: from properties are a good fit for your management potentially. Absolutely. So we're a full service property management company, uh, investor friendly. Uh, we work all over the, the metro area. Um, so we take, you know, single clients with, uh, one condo, all the way up through multi door portfolios. Um, we appreciate uh, landlords that have managed their own properties through the years, growing their portfolio. So, um, if we can be a resource, um, I'm sure Chris will put my information out there on some level. Uh, if we can be a resource, I can answer a question. Happy to help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eric and his team manages my properties, love what they do. So, can't recommend them enough. Thank you. So, if properties, definitely reach out to Eric. Uh, d-
2: whatever he's charging to get through the inspection it's not enough yes <laughs> give the man the money if he's handling this
0: um Brittany, now you're an agent you're an investor mm-hmm. but you're not a property manager
1: i'll make that very clear i'm not a property manager um so she, she is and i she's manage my very own, well very, very, you manage your own property and she's very very good at it <laughs> and we were absolutely lucky to have her here
0: yes i i I also want to be respectful of like your time and your knowledge like what can people reach out to you for like just to you know help qualify conversations outreach to people
2: i i don't know i mean i'm happy to answer questions if people need help with this it's awful but it's you can do it just uh just go through it and Oh wait, what are we?
0: Well, Ben was just saying Brittany's sense of humor on the topic <laughs> has made this very enjoyable. Um,
2: oh, I saw my name. I like, agree. What the question yeah,
0: you weren't in trouble that time.
2: So, oh, thank you.
0: Um, okay, Jeffrey says, Eric, do you know how Denver scrapes the data online for short-term rentals, and how that could possibly apply to long-term rentals?
1: I, I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. At least the specifics. Um, I believe they brought in. Uh, a company or a service that went out and scraped Airbnb, VRBO, uh, looking for folks without their license number on there. Uh, These are assumptions. I I believe they'll probably do something similar with Zillow, um, uh, Trulia, et cetera. Uh, But but I don't have that information and we really don't know how they're going to apply this. Uh, We're just looking to mitigate the risk to our clients.
2: I read somewhere, I'd read so much stuff, I don't remember where, that they are going to look through advertisements. And my guess is in Denver, it's mostly Zillow. You know, that seems to be it. So I would assume they're going to scrape it like they do STRs, but I'm totally guessing. I mean,
0: I would just think, I mean, especially long-term rentals, like if someone, look at the property address, look at the right, mailing it's, address. It's, the mailing address different the property address. High, high, high likelihood it's an investment property. Absolutely. Like that's not a hard thing to
1: scrape we've been pulling lists list like that yeah. for years yeah so, <laughs> but i would imagine it's going to be along those lines and then requiring the license on advertisement is yeah. is is again a guess but a very easy way to begin to see who is you know yep. made it through the process or not
0: awesome well we got a bunch of thank yous in the comments from our guest i agree with them thank you eric thank you Brittany. And for people who join us for the live webinar, I appreciate all of you guys as well. I would love feedback onto ideas about doing uh, more casual webinars or kind of Q&A around topics like this, you know, once a month or every six weeks or so, uh, because I do like having the conversation, having all the Q&A from the crowd. I found it a lot of fun. So if people have questions or comments or feedback, always uh, deliver it to me. Oh, a couple this other was questions. One of,
1: the, one of the more fun we've done, Chris. Um, I, I like this format. Do yeah? you? Absolutely. Cool.
0: Well, next time maybe I can get you to have a drink with me while I do it as well, right? I, I find those more fun. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but to Eric's credit, he's like, no, it's accounting week. It's accounting I, I <laughs> got to stay super sharp. So this is who you want managing your properties. Uh, so thank you, Eric.
1: Tomorrow we have
0: drinks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, another Chris in the comments says, if I have a single family condo in a building, does that need to be licensed by January 1? Okay, so the scenario here mm-hmm. is a 20 unit condo building, but separate deeded properties. Is that single family or multifamily?
1: Single family. Yeah.
2: So you so. don't have to have it done till next January, but Chris, you can pass this list now. Mm-hmm. You may not be able to by January, 2024. I don't know how long it's going to be. Do it yesterday. Get it done while you can pass.
0: Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so much. This was fun and informative. Brittany, and Eric, thank you guys again.
1: Cheers, thanks so much. Thanks, Chris.